Shall we turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 1 verse 8? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Shall we read together as we get that in the screen? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Shall we read that again? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the age of the earth. The 50th day after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is observed as the Pentecost Sunday. And if you know the history, that was the day on which the Spirit of God was poured out upon the flesh, upon all people. And we read that, that evidence is recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2. So if you can go, if you can come with me to Acts chapter 2, we are going to read a couple of scriptures from there too. Acts chapter 2, you know, we know the background, we know the history. Jesus told, you need to tarry in Jerusalem, you need to wait in Jerusalem until you are empowered from above. And do not go anywhere. Do not try to do the work of God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit even before you start doing anything for God. And until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to wait in Jerusalem to receive the power of God. And all the disciples and all the Jews, you know, they all obeyed. Those who want to gather in the upper room, they gathered together in the upper room. And as they gather in the upper room, we read in Acts chapter 2, verse Three, if we can read together, then there appeared, can you read with me? To them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they all started speaking in the word that God has given to them. They all started speaking in the other language that God has given them. And this was heard by people of multinational people who are gathered there looking at them what is happening here, what is going on in this upper room. And Bible says there are people from many different nations in all, the, all those are recorded in Acts chapter 2. And we read when we come to verse 5, you can read with me verse 5. And there were dwelling in, Jew, in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. It was a very multinational situation as their multicultural, you know, belief that's going on in that area in Jerusalem at that moment. And they were all gathered together to see what is happening here. And when they all gathered together, they found out, you know, people from different nations, they heard these Jewish people talking in their own language. And they were just marveled. They were wondering. And initially they thought, you know, they are all drunk maybe. You know, that's why they are making such a noise. And even that, it's the same thing, right? When, when, when we pray at times, you know, when we lead in worship at times, it looks like for a normal man, it looks like they are all drunk. It was just the same scenario that's happening there in Jerusalem. They, are all, they all thought that, you know, these men were drunk. And that's the reason that they are making such a noise. But then slowly they were just started paying attention. And they realized 
they were talking in their own language. They were talking in their own language. And if you come with verse 16 after that, you know, Peter wanted to make it clear because that was not known to anyone at all what is happening there. And Peter stood up in the crowd and we read that in Acts chapter 2 verse 16. Can you read with me? But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he was quoting to the prophetic book of Joel and he was saying that this is what is going on there. You are all gathered here to see what is happening right now. And this is what is happening there. And what is happening there according to the prophetical book of Joel. And shall we read together verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days says God what he said that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants, men servants, and on maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show, verse 19, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Verse 20, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, we see from the prophetical book of Joel, you know, just Peter was just packing those scriptures and delivering to them and saying that it was written by the prophet Joel. You know, this morning you may have a question. Why are you talking about the first thing, the first line that is happening that the, 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 the prophet spoke about? He said, you know, and it shall verse 17 come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's what happening. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men, men and women see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservant and my men servant, I will pour out my spirit. And then he talks about, you know, moon turning and sun turning and blood and all those kind of things. Right? So it was not just happening everything, it was prophet Joel, whatever he wrote, it's just the beginning, it started happening at that moment. You know, that is something which you need to understand as a student of the Bible, we need to know when prophets in the Old Testament, when they saw, when God showed them the vision, all these together they saw. But they had any, they did not have any clue when it is going to happen. You know, for some reason, God did not show that. God showed everything happening. But the time frame is unknown to the prophet. So they pack everything together. And there are some other scriptures, the prophetic scriptures, they talk about the coming of the Lord and then the coming, first coming, and then immediately the day of the Lord, the second coming, you know, all these things are packed up together. So that just, that just simply because the consecutive events that are written in the word of God, it doesn't happen. They don't happen just immediately one after the other. There's a time frame. There's a time gap between each event, which was not foreseen by the prophets. We see that across, you know, many times in the book of the law. Now, what we, as we saw that in the video, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not for our blessings, but it is for mission. Can you say that with me? Not for our blessings but formation you know this is my message that's what i want to just bring it across to you this morning so this morning i would like to title my sermon as not for blessing but for mission can you just say that with me out loud not for mission but for blessing okay you are all with me this morning you are listening right good thank god 
Now, this is the sermon behind this video. Right? So, I did not prepare another new sermon. I was just, I just watched this uh, video, short video, a couple of minutes, and they said, there is a message. You know, God, you would help me because it's so quick, it just goes away. God, you would help me to bring that message this morning. So, this morning, as I said, last week, what did I say before I start my sermon? I asked you to do something. What did I ask you to do? Remove your eyeglasses and put the new eyeglasses. Do you still have, have that new eyeglasses? No. Very good. I mean, in fact, that's the truth. Right? <laughs> so we need to change our minds this morning from the receiving mind to a giving mind. Can you say giving mind? So we are not talking about what we can receive because Holy Spirit is upon us. We are not talking about what we can receive, but instead we are talking about what can we do about it? What we can do about it? You know, this morning my concern is how are we going to fulfill the commission that God has given to us? You know, that should bother you this morning at this moment after seeing this video. How am I going to fulfill the mission that God has entrusted me with? Church has a responsibility. Church in the sense, the global church has a responsibility. And we have a responsibility as a church. You individually, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. You have a role to play and I have a role to play. What am I going to do? How are we going to do something? How we can be found in the, in the, in the part or the mega things that are happening across the globe? Where can we place ourselves? Because we believe the Holy Spirit is poured upon the church today. And the Holy Spirit is upon us. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen? Not sure? How many of us believe that the Spirit of God is over you? Can you raise your hands and say hallelujah? hallelujah? Amen. Hallelujah. This morning the call is to join God on mission. You know, God is already on the mission. Are you with me this morning? God is already on the mission of reaching the lost. You know, God is already in business of reaching the lost. And this morning, the question is, how can you and I join God on this mission by sharing our faith and praying for those in our, who, are, who are in the forefront? You know, there are a couple of things that we are going to talk this morning. And before we leave from this place, we need to make ourselves accountable to God. How can I join? How can you join in the mega mission that, that's happening across the globe? How can you join and I join in the work of God that God has called you and me to do? Because today, we know that for sure, Jesus is the only hope for the nation. Amen? Jesus is the only hope for nation. You know, if you go and talk to some of the missionaries, those who are taking the gospel to those jungles and, you know, to those unreached people, the moment they share the gospel, you know, people come running to accept Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that they tried everything in their lives, the peace that they are looking for, the love and the care and the compassion that they want to receive from. It's all bundled up in Jesus. Can you say Jesus this morning? And God wants us to know that the hope of Jesus is the only hope of this dying world. You know, God wants us to know that any moment, every moment, you know, any time it is, anything happens to us because we have, we trust in God, because our lives are in the hands of God. We know for sure that, you know, we will go to heaven, but there are many people, millions out there, they don't have that hope. And if any of us are here without that hope this morning, 
We need that hope too. We need that hope too. You know, there are three areas I just want to bring it to you this morning. These three areas where we can involve ourselves to fulfill this mission. And as I speak, I want you to take your notes. If you have your notebook, I want you to take your notes. I want you to write it down or you know, your phone somewhere. You make a note of it. I just want you to write down all these things that by in the end of the sermon, you should be in a position to say, God, I'm going to involve in this area. This is what I want to do in my life. This is what you are calling me to do. This is what you are asking me to do. If you are if this morning, you are not here. If you are watching online, I want you to do the same thing. And if you are not here, probably, I, I don't know what to say. But then, you know, this morning, this is for you, those who are here, those who are listening. We have three areas where God wants us to involve. Number one, if you have that in the screen, number one, can you read with me? Pray fervently, out loud, pray fervently, share our resources, share Jesus boldly. Three different areas God is calling us, God is asking us to do. Number one, can you read out loud? Number one, I, I want louder voice from you. Number one, pray fervently. Number two, share our resources. Number three, share Jesus boldly. Pray fervently, pray for what? What do we need to pray for? What God wants us to pray for, you know, prayer is the commission, the mission, uh, the, the, the responsibility that God has given to each believer. We are called to pray. Today we are not praying. That doesn't mean that everything will go well. It may go well. But if we are not called to pray for things to go well, but we are called to pray, even otherwise, pray for what? Pray for the mission work that is happening in the field. Pray for the missionaries, they are sent every day. Do you know that even missionaries are sent out today? Every day there are missionaries, even POC sends many global workers. There are many retiring global workers coming back to the land. And POC is sending many missionaries even today to, the, to, the, to, to different parts of the globe. And missionaries are attacked there. They go through sickness. They, 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 are in, they, they are in danger. We get prayer needs and prayer requests coming to the churches today. To see what's going on in their lives. They need prayer. They need prayer. And missionaries are there with the responsibility of reaching the lost. The lost soul cannot be reached unless we pray for them. Unless we support them. Unless we back them up with our prayer. The reaching the lost is not only happening in Africa and India. It's happening here. Do you know that? You know, that's the reason POC has an inland mission and they have global mission. They have Mission Canada. They are missionaries. You know, there are missionaries. They are functioning. They are working. And not only POC, even all the denominations. They have missionaries. They are sending out missionaries, even inland missionaries. And apart from that, there are global missionaries. What is their responsibility? They are sent by the churches. They are supported by the churches to go and preach the gospel. You know, this morning, this message may not really, you know, maybe may not give you any thrill or it may not really motivate you to do something, but I believe this will motivate you to, to do the work of God, the mission of God. We need to pray, pray for people to know Christ. You know, prayer pray, plays a vital role. At times, prayer is, you know, so looked so low, but prayer is very important. Bible is, Bible is, scripture is filled with the scriptures saying the need of prayer. Can you read a couple of scriptures? God, you know, Bible says, and Paul writes, in fact, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, pray for open doors. Can you read with me? Pray for open doors. Continue earnestly, can you read with me? In prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, 
Can you read, read that again? Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. You know, someone who is in the forefront, someone who is directly facing the opposing crowd, you know, there he is called, he is called to serve, he is called to speak the word of God, he is called to serve as a missionary. He expects for a door to open so that he can go and share the gospel. And how the door opens? How the door opens? With prayer, through prayer. Can you say prayer this morning with me? No, through prayer, the door gets opened. And when that gospel door opens, God accomplishes his mission. And if you see the chain, the church who sent the missionary, the missionary family who went there, and the people who, those who are praying for the mission field, praying for the missionary and the door to open, they're all in the chain. They're all in the chain. You know, by doing it, you and I are fulfilling the mission of God, the mission of God, the commission that God has given to each one of us. And prayer also prepares the ground. Prayer also prepares the ground. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Can you read this with me? I think it's Anne quoted the scriptures. Anne mentioned about it, you know, about heart. How hard our hearts are. And God, you would soften our hearts. You know, at times we pray, prayer prepares the ground. Can you read it with me? Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You know, people who are listening, the word that is being preached, they need the heart of flesh. Even this morning as you listen to me, if your heart is hard, there is nothing is going into you. How many of us are here in that way this morning? Amen? Hard heart. You are looking at me, but you are not able to receive anything. You know, that's a very dangerous situation to be in, thinking about something else. We need to ask for that heart that is fleshly, that is our flesh. And how that hard heart is turned into a flesh heart? By prayer. When you pray, God softens those hearts of the people. When you pray, you know the heart is, becomes receptive to the word. Heart receives the word. We heard the parable about the, good, the seed that fell on the good ground and the bad ground, right? The good ground is a cultivated ground. It's a good ground. It's fertile. It's already prepared. And we are praying from here, God, that missionary is going there. There is an open crusade they are planning there. God soften the hearts of people. God soften the hearts of people. Prayer prepares the ground. Prayer also overcomes opposition. And fear, can you come with me to Ephesians 6.19? Here Paul is asking the church to pray. Can you read with me? Ephesians 6.19. And for me that utterance, the word, may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. You know, people who are there in the forefront, you know, they are in fear. They are just like you and me. They are in fear. They are in fear of, you know, somebody coming and taking their children away. 
They're coming, they're in, they in the fear of somebody coming and asking them to deny Christ, otherwise I will kill your child in front of your own eyes. Somebody coming there, I will take your wife away from you, otherwise, you know, deny Christ. They are standing with that fearful heart. And you and I have a responsibility to pray for them. If we don't consider that as so serious, if that's not something that we want to do as a child of God, what is the point in Jesus shedding his precious blood for us? Prayer also raises more laborers. The amount of people get coming to this land, the amount of unreached people today on the face of this earth, if you look at that number, we need more evangelists, we need more pastors, we need more missionaries in this land. We need more churches in this land. That's the reason I say always, if there is one church multiplies into two churches, praise God. If that two church, one second church multiplies into four churches, thank God. It's not dividing, it's multiplying. There's a difference between division and multiplication, I guess, right? Whenever church gets divided, church multiplies. Church multiplies. You know, we need that much of need in this land, even in this land. There are so many people coming to this land, and we need what does prayer does? Prayer raises laborers. That's what the Word of God says. Luke 10:2. Can you read with me? Luke 10:2. Jesus said this. Then Jesus said to them, Can you read with me? Look at the screen and read with me out loud. The harvest is harvest truly is great, but the Laborers are few, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You know, when you pray, more leaders are going to raise, more missionaries are going to raise. Somebody's in the fence, unable to take a decision. Should I go or not? Most of the missionary life stories, if you read, at some point of time, they are at the fence and, you know, they are not sure whether to go or not. But your prayer, your prayer pushes them the other side of the fence. And make them to go. Give them courage and give them strength. And that's what Jesus is asking us. The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So question is, what are we going to do? I said there are three things that we talked about. Number one, pray fervently. Pray fervently. You know, any message, I believe, you know, these kind of messages without any action taken, it's not going to be stay forever. It's not going to be useful at all. So there are two actions that you can take. I'm just helping you in addition to what I said. There are two things that you can do. Number one, action number one, you can engage yourself in prayer. Can you say that? Engage in prayer. You know, when we fear... Or when we refuse to fear the darkness that entraps us, the common sense says, or our mind, human mind says, let's forget it. We have our own problem. We have our own struggles. Why should we take somebody else's burden on you? Do you come across that situation? We have enough troubles. Why should we take somebody else's trouble on ourselves, on our head? Let God take care of those things. Let pastor deal with those things. Why should I take? But God is asking us to stand in fervent prayer. 
So the one number one way you can do and I can do, I can engage myself or yourself into the mission of God is engaging ourselves in prayer. Number two, action number two. We can intercede passionately. We can intercede passionately for those people, those are least reached, those people, those are unreached. We can intercede passionately. So there are two things that we can do. We can engage ourselves in prayer. There are many kinds of prayer that's happening, that's going on. Even in our church, there is a prayer on Tuesday. There are many kinds of prayer that's happening. Engage yourself in some of the prayer activities. Without any, without any skip, you know, every week at a particular time that happens. You know, even PAOC, their, their, their global mission, you know, they send prayer requests to us. I believe, you know, we are praying for those requests in one of those Tuesdays. One of the Tuesdays, probably you should announce that Tuesday. Which Tuesday we are praying for the grand global workers, you know, so that people who are interested in praying, praying for the global workers, you know, they can participate in that day's prayer at least. Engage in your prayer, engage in prayer. I believe you are writing it down at the end of the, the end of the sermon. You are going to say, you are going to say, each one is going to say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Number two, intercede passionately. Intercession is something different from just praying. Intercession is something like God wakes you up in the middle of the night and asks you to pray for somebody. Have you, any of you have that experience here? God waking you in the middle of the night and asking you to pray for somebody? Can I see your hands? Don't be ashamed. One, two, three, four. God is asking you to wake you up in the middle of the night and asking you to pray for somebody. And you see the unknown burden resting upon your life and asking you to pray for somebody even who is not known to you. That is what is intercession. Standing in the gap, crying out for the souls. Crying, you know, when God gives you that burden of intercession, you pray for people who are perishing. So first thing that we can do, how we can engage ourselves in the mission. Number one we can do, number one thing is pray fervently. Number two, let's move further. Share our resources. Can you say that with me? Share our resources. This morning, the, all the focus is on how can we plug in ourselves in the mega plan of God, the mission of God. Share our resources. I want to read two scriptures. I just want to talk a little bit about it. Galatians 6, 2. Can you read with me? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, today, people in this world, they have heavy heart because they don't have anybody to share their burden. They don't have anybody to share their burden. Yesterday night, in the late night, we had a call from one of the elderly couples in, in some other province. They're known to us. They called us and they said, this is what we are going through. Can you just pray? I mean, they didn't even ask. They just cried out their condition, their situation. And we realized they are in need of prayer. Nothing else can we can do from here. They are in need of prayer. And we just both, we both of us together, we just prayed for those two. They're so elderly. And they're so afraid that anything can happen in this night. Their health condition is so bad. 
They asked us to pray. And at the end of the prayer, she said, tonight, I'm going to sleep well. I'm going to sleep well. There are many out there not knowing where they can rest their heaviness. You don't need to become somebody to do that. You are already that somebody because God has anointed you. This morning, my question is, what are you doing with that anointing? What are we doing with that anointing? It's not for blessings, but it is to give. When God anoints us with a, with a, with a sign of speaking in tongues, that is for mission, that is not for blessing, that is for to serve others. Those who were in the upper room, all those eight, twelve disciples, eleven disciples, they were in the upper room. They gave their life for Christ. That anointing was so heavy on their lives, even to the death. And you need that courage today. We need that courage today. We need that strength today to serve others. To give what we have inside of us to others. If we don't have you know, anything inside of us, we can't give anything to outside to others. And this morning, God wants to give that outpour, the pouring of the anointing upon our lives. So that we can give something to somebody. God can use you and use uh, you as a blessing for many. Hebrews 13, 16. Can you read with me? Hebrews 13, 16. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. We talked about the number second method that with which we can engage ourselves in the mission is by sharing our resources. By sharing our resources. Couple of actions that we can take. Number one, action number one, restore the vulnerable. Restore the vulnerable. How can you do it? We refuse to watch people, those who know Christ, or those who do not know Christ, suffer, starve for food, for cloth, for their accommodation, for their sanitization needs. We refuse to view, see, and not doing anything by looking at the need of people, the way we can involve, the way we can share our resources in order to fulfill the mission with which God has called you and me. Call the churches is by restoring the vulnerable. By restoring the vulnerable. Make a decision this morning. What are you going to share from the wealth that God has given you? Are you sharing already how much you are sharing to the mission work? If you are not sharing, if your family is not supporting a mission work, I often say that you need to tie up with the mission work that is happening in the mission field. By some means, you need to have a connection with the work of God that is happening in the field because that is your protection, always remember. That is the protection of your family. You need to tie up yourself. Your resources need to be tied up. In other words, your bank account need to be connected with the, you know, the bank account of somebody who is working in the field, who is part of the vision of God by doing it you can involve yourself in the mission of God I'm not talking about giving tithes and offering to church I'm talking about reaching out to those who are in need if you don't do it do it today second one action number two empower others how can we do that how can we empower others to do it you know, we need to release the God-given talents in our lives. As a church, we have a common responsibility. I'm not saying that you all need to do it. But as a church, I want you to understand we have a common responsibility of empowering others. 
Church has a common responsibility of empowering people by the gifts and talents that we have to teach them and to educate them and make them, equip them to do the work of God. If the church is not doing it, it is losing in its mission. How much as a church we are able to invest in developing young leaders? How much as a church we are able to invest to send out somebody into the, the mission field? How much we are able to invest to teach and to train young people so that you know young and old to do the work of God, empowering others? Number three, action number three, leverage technology. The reason why I'm saying all these things, it is a collective responsibility of the church. If a church is not doing this, we fail miserably in the mission that God has given us. We will leverage God's gift of technology. Never look at technology as a negative thing. Never do it. There are many different ways we can make use of the technology to spread the word of God. Developing contents and publishing contents that are useful for unreached to reach, to come to Christ. How do we encourage more people in the work that you do, we do, in a small city in Canada, in Halifax, only by doing, by only by bringing it out through the technology and making it available to the rest of the globe? And as a church, how much we are investing in the work of God to bring the word out, leveraging technology, number four, action number four, use all the other resources, what is available at your disposal for the work of God. For the work of God. May it be bundling up the unused cloth that you have and taking it and throwing it in the cloth collection box. It's going to use, be used by somebody. I want us to think this morning, what can we take? What can we give? Let that be our attitude, not what we receive. What can we send? What can we give? What is not used today for in, in, in my house? How can I get that out? How can I throw that out so that somebody can pick it up and use it? Our gifts and our talents, our time, our books and our Bibles. How many Bibles do you need? You don't need a Bible at all. You need a Bible. This is what the Bible. You have the Bible in your, in your hands. How many books we are piling it up? Are we storing Bibles? It's going to be burned away one day. It's a paper. But the word of God has to reach. That word of God that you store, that has to reach those hearts. How can we give it away? How can we hand it over to somebody? Maybe you keep one Bible for you. What's the point in storing the Bible in this thing? You know, it may be costly Bible, gold, guilt, and this, that, and all, but then what's the point in having the Bible? That word has to come out to be used by somebody. What can we do? What can we do? Can we help somebody in some mission field to make a building, to build a building? Small church, drinking facilities, sanitizing station needs, you know, all these things. Can we think of those things as a church? How good it would be to send those things to the mission and to be part of the mission, that mega work that's happening across the globe finally. Number three, share Jesus boldly. Share Jesus boldly. As Paul was going through many trials during the end of his age, he was standing before Festus. Festus questioned him in a multi-directional way and Festus could not find any guilt in Paul. And he handed him over to King Agrippa and he brought him to King Agrippa. And to King Agrippa, Paul was talking about his life. How was he in the past? 
He was a murderer. He was a hater of Christian Christ followers. And how he got, how he received an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, how his life got changed, and how with what calling that God had called him into this life. And as he was continuing, these verses really caught my attention. Can you read with me Acts chapter 26? We are talking about sharing Jesus boldly. Acts 26 verse 17 through 18. Can you read with me? I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you for what? To open their eyes acts 26 17 and 18 to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of satan to god that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me call of god over the life of saul today i believe god has called each one of us with the same calling what is written there? Can you just number them? Number one, what is the call of God? In order to? No, first one is to open their eyes. There are the many blind people today. They are walking. They are working along with us. Their eyes are closed. They don't have Christ. And the call of God over our life is to open their eyes. Secondly, in order to turn them from darkness to light. They are living in darkness. They need to see the light. And can you shine that little bit of light that you have and I have? And thirdly, from the power of Satan to God. The power of Satan is so real. God's power is so real. They are already under the bondage of the power of Satan, the power of the devil. God wants you to deliver. That's the reason God has anointed you. God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit to work, to deal with the satanic powers and to deliver people that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. God has called him. God wants us to share Christ boldly with others. Jesus, Jesus commissioned us to do this. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Can you read it with me? Well-known scriptures. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The mission that God has given in your life and my life. You know, this morning, God is asking us, my son, my daughter, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with this? The gift that God has given you. This precious salvation that God has given you. There are a couple of actions you can take. Statistics shows if you go to the Joshua Project and then read the website, you will come to an understanding. There are 3.4 billion people there unreached on the face of this earth. Out of the 7.8 billion people over the face of this earth, the remaining at least they heard God about Jesus once at least. There are 3.4 billion unreached people on the face of this earth. You know, today as a church, as many churches, we gather together, we pray, we do Sunday morning service, and we just, you know, work in our lives to get sanctified and waiting for the coming of the Lord and your heart is not in perfect alignment with the heart of God not at all God is really not thinking about coming back to take the church 
back home. It can happen at any moment though. But there are 3.4 billions of people there unreached. They are unreached. That includes somebody who is working with us, somebody who travels in our bus, somebody who is in our neighborhood, someone with whom we deal with every day. That one can come down if we share, boldly share Christ Jesus with them. Many of them are here in our land. Many of them are here. God is asking us not to idle. This is not the time probably the church and the believers to sit and relax and say, God, you will take care. You are an omnipresent God. You know everybody. And I know you are so capable, God, and you will take care of what you need to do. That's not the question. God is depending on you and me. God is depending on you and me. Like we cannot idle. We need to engage ourselves in the work of God. I know this morning this sermon may be boring, but remember you are accountable. Each one of you sitting here, you are accountable. You are accountable to do the work of God. Number two, action number two. Second thing we can do is we can go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in Holy Spirit power to touch lives, to reach millions. Can we invite the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us, to empower us? Now today, Holy Spirit is misunderstood, thinking that oh, it's maybe for a group of people, those who speak in tongues. It's nothing to do with that. It is biblical. It's in the Bible. It's not in the Pentecostal church document. It's in the Bible. It's the power of God that you need and I need. Not for blessings, but to serve, but to touch other lives. If your church is not teaching that, probably, you know, we, we are in trouble. As a church, we should be able to teach that to the people of God and tell them that you need the power of God to go out and to minister to others. That's the call of God. You know, the more we think about our own problem, you know, we will get more problems. The more we worry about our own problems, you'll get more problems. And you know, problems are very clever. One after the other, they will keep coming. They will keep coming. Can I hear an amen? It will never stop. It will never stop. After all these tri trips, I thought, you know, maybe you know, I need to take some rest. You know, because my BP is going high, unable to control. I need to do something about it. But you know what? It's not going to happen. If you think about my BP, there is something else is going to hit me, I'm sure. That doesn't mean that I should not take care of it. I need to perfectly take care of my health, all of our health. But there is something more to do. There is something more to do than what you are struggling. The more you struggle, you know, it's just like a, you know, it's just like a, a round ball rolling in the water, you know. Something will come. One, one, sometime this side wave and the other side, another wave and comes and, you know, it takes you everywhere. But we need to involve ourselves in the work of God. God wants us to empower and we want to go with that power of God to touch lives. You know, when you are powered, when you are empowered, it takes you into a different realm. You have an authority to go and speak to somebody. You have an authority to pray for somebody. And you have an authority to share Christ with somebody. You have an authority over sickness. You have an authority over demonic powers. God wants to use the church. And the second action we can take is we can go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Third one, the final one. God wants us to share Jesus boldly. God wants us to share the love of Christ boldly. And he wants that to become part of every life. Every life, God wants us to share the love of Christ boldly. And you know what? This is the harvest time. 
Someone mantis the hashalu yalarais this morning. This is the harvest time. And the devil knows this. He knows that this is the harvest time. And he keeps your mouth shut and he keeps our hands closed, tied up, so that we will not do anything for God. But this morning, God wants you to engage yourself in the mission of God. There are three things that we spoke about this morning. Number one, pray. Do not move. It's a prayer time. Where are we going now during the prayer time? I just want you, every one of you to be in the attitude of prayer. Prayer, can you read with me? Pray fervently. Share our resources. Share Jesus boldly. Three things that we spoke this morning. This morning, I just want your eyes to be closed. And I want you to talk to God this morning. God, what is the purpose of my life? God, why did you call me? This morning, shall we just come in the presence of God? Out of the many actions that I listed down, what are you going to do? Which one are you going to work on? This morning, if you're sure, what do you want to do for God? Out of the whole thing that if God is speaking to you, something that you need to involve, I want you to come forward. Yes. This morning, if God is speaking to you something, that you need to do something, that from the whole thing that you heard, either one of these three ways, you know, you should engage in the mission work of God. I want you to move forward.